from the capital of Canada, you're listening to The Album Drop on CHUO 89.1 FM. That's a record. Their new album. Drop, drop. New and excitingly different. And they keep dropping, dropping. Drop it like it's hot. You could drop on back. Drop dead sex. And then come those words we have all waited so long to hear. Your weekly look at the new release shelf begins right now. Here's Phil Shirakawa. And another episode of the Album Drop is on the air. Hi there. Good afternoon. So much to get to today. I'm overwhelmed just explaining it to you, let alone actually subsequently doing it. If you happen to have stumbled upon this frequency as you were surfing the dial this afternoon, put your hands down! I'm telling you, you will not be sorry that you did that. Coming up this hour... I get two brand new stuff from the Eagles of Death Metal because, well, obviously, I think you know why. And if you don't, we'll tell you why first. Also, Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies will be speaking with me today. They're coming to town Saturday playing the NAC. Single tickets are still available, so if you don't have any friends, that'll be the show for you because you can't get a pair together. And you can go to the NAC box office or Trickmaster to pick those up. And we're going to be talking about that and a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be great. Also, we do a little thing every week. It's called the Music Meltdown. Break down music news and what's happening and what's going on in the business of music. And that'll be coming up around 3.45. You don't want to miss that because it's been crazy this week. And a new feature on the program called This Week in Music History. It's pretty cool this week. That'll be coming up in uh, about nine minutes from now. But first, I want to talk about Art Angels. It's album number four from singer-songwriter Claire Boucher, who performs under the name Grimes. And this record was a long time coming. She had previously recorded an album's worth of material and then scrapped it, decided to put the record together, which became Art Angels. It's a very bold, ambitious pop record. It's one that really pushes the boundaries of the genre. A genre which is not really known for having boundaries, but it's amazing that they can be pushed and they are. It's got big, bright hooks. It's catchy, but not overly so. It's weird, but not overly so. It doesn't fit into a box, but we call it pop music because that's the best way to describe it. I'm going to start with a tune called California. It's brand new stuff from Grimes, and it's on the album drop. CHUO 89.1 FM.
Drop only on CHUO 89.1 FM.
Two in a row from Grimes here on the album drop, CHUO 89.1 FM. That one that you just heard is called Venus Fly, and it features Janelle Monet. Before that, California was the tune that we played both on the record. Art Angels, available now through 4AD. It's streaming on Spotify. You can find a link on today's page at our website, thealbumdrop.ca. Really cool stuff from Grimes, as always. I We were talking off air here, and... I really feel like she's going to be one of those artists that influences a generation of pop music makers. I don't know if she'll ever necessarily be, you know, the big top tier plateau pop star, but there's no way to know what the future is going to hold. And I'm not saying it's not possible. I just, I, I, I think she's too weird to, to, to be to be mainstream and too mainstream to be weird. And that just kind of makes for good art, in my opinion. Now, this is the album drop at CHU 89.1 FM. Good afternoon. My name's Phil Shurikawa. With me, as always, Colin. You got anything to say today, Colin? His teeth hurt, so probably not. No, it doesn't look like it. And I have to apologize to anybody who sees me regularly, um, my friends, co-workers, family members, people ha- that happen to be walking around Sandy Hill uh, and, and the market uh, where, where we hang out, um, because I have this hideous mustache on my face, and I've been growing one every November now for six years, and it's because I'm trying to raise a little bit of money to contribute to the Movember campaign. I'm sure you've heard of it. If not, you go to facebook.com slash thealbumdrop or look up the album drop on Twitter. And you can, you know, you go to our, go to my, our, our, Colin's not growing a mustache. So you go to my campaign page and, you know, you can see what it's all about. Raising money to fight cancer. And if you've got, you know, let's, let's say, let's say you love mustaches. You're one of those people. Then, and you haven't donated this year? Well, then this is, this is, this is, this is where you want to be. Now, subsequently, if you're like me and you, you hate the nose neighbor, well, then you really have to donate to the campaign, and maybe that donation that you make will be the one that is just the right amount of money that they can find a cure for cancer, and we don't have to do Movember anymore. It, it's a thought. Now, if you haven't heard this before, I think you're going to really dig this. This is a relatively new segment on the program, and the way I look at it, you don't know where you're going if you don't know where it is that you've come from. So with that in mind... And now it's time for This Week in Music History. November 16th, 1968, the Jimi Hendrix Experience hit number one on the U.S. album charts with Electric Ladyland, their third and final album. The double record featured his hit interpretations of Crosstown Traffic, All Along the Watchtower, and this tune, which features one of the most recognizable guitar riffs of all time. November 16th, 2000, Joe C., hype man for Kid Rock's band, passed away at 26. Born Joseph Kalea, the diminutive rapper had celiac disease, which caused his physical abnormalities, complications from which caused his death. And November 16th, 2010, the Beatles catalog finally became available on iTunes, probably because Paul, Ringo, and Yoko were really struggling financially at the time and had no choice but to try and sell their records again. Or something like that, I'm not 100% sure. 
At the time, the move was considered somewhat of a big deal, as some believed it provided a sort of social legitimacy to the digital download format. A 2010 quote from Apple CEO Steve Jobs said it had been a long and winding road to get here. November 17th, 1962, the Four Seasons went to the top of the U.S. singles chart with Now let's recap what popular culture has taught us about not crying. Little girls were either playing baseball There's no crying in baseball! Mourning the loss of their country's president's wife Don't cry for me, Argentina Or in a relationship with Axl Rose November 18th, 1972, Danny Witten of Crazy House died of a drug overdose. Witten is best known for writing the song I Don't Want to Talk About It, and While Living was Neil Young's influence for this song. Oh, the damage done. Six years later, Billy Joel scored his first number one album with 52nd Street. Because you had to be a big shot. That record won the Grammy for Album of the Year and later was the first commercial recording sold on compact disc. Remember those? November 18th, 1993, Nirvana sat down in front of a packed house at Sony Studios in New York to record their MTV Unplugged special. The show featured an appropriate selection of the band's catalog, including a number of covers. A commercial release for the record won the group the Grammy for Best Alternative Music Album in 1996. November 19th, 1955, Carl Perkins recorded the rock and roll classic Blue Suede Shoes for the first time. 47 years later, Michael Jackson made headlines after dangling his child from the third floor balcony of his hotel room in Berlin. November 20th, 1971, Isaac Hayes went to number one with the theme from Shaft. They say this guy's Shaft is a bad mother. I'm done my Shaft. Was it really that popular of a tune? Evidently so. And finally, November 22nd, 1994, Pearl Jam proved they were the biggest audiophilic hipsters of all time by releasing their third record, Vitology, exclusively on vinyl. Now, the record was released on cassette and CD a couple weeks later, but at the time that was considered absolutely crazy because by 1994 nobody was listening to vinyl and the format was considered outdated and never going to come back. Now, how's this for a stat? The 877,000 copies the CD sold in its first week made it the second biggest CD debut ever behind their previous record, Versus. Good afternoon. I'm Phil Shurikawa. With me, as always, is Colin. Joining us, Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies. I literally grew up listening to this band. I remember being eight years old and convincing my dad to join the Columbia House Record Club. Remember them? And it was cool. He uh, he let me pick out a couple of the CDs that we got for a penny. I think there was eight or nine of them. And one of them was Gordon, the first record from Bare Naked Ladies. And I played it to death. Recently released a new record, Silver Ball, and we'll be playing the NAC Saturday night in support of it. Do you prepare the show differently than you would if you were playing like an arena or a nightclub or something like that? You know, I actually kind of treat every performance 
the same, whether I'm playing in, at a campfire or at a stadium. Um, I'm always just trying to connect with the audience. And, you know, uh, there are different shapes of venues and different numbers of people, but my goal is the same uh, no matter where I'm playing. Um, the National Arts Center in Ottawa is a venue we've played countless times, so there's a familiarity to it. Um, and it's always fun to go back to places that I've been over the course of two decades, uh, two plus decades. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've, this, this tour, we've, we've been in arenas, we've been outside, uh, we've been in beautiful theaters, uh, it runs the gamut and, but you know, for me, I'm just looking to connect with a crowd. doesn't matter the building. It's a it's a challenge for the audience in a soft seat theater. Uh, it's sort of it feels like it's counterintuitive to a rock show, but people just got to get bold and get up on their feet and get into the show and have a good time, and the night will be better for all of us. Innovators. That's one of the many ways you could describe bare naked ladies. I mean, we're talking about the band that did a music video in Speaker's Corner. Probably the first band to release a record on a USB stick. I mean, these are all things that you did before anybody else even thought of doing them. These days, the distribution of music seems to be moving away from physical formats. What are your thoughts on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other subscription-on-demand streaming services? It's been totally necessary to think outside of the box because the box no longer exists. You know, in terms of... Uh, the way the music business works, it's a, it's been totally turned on its head. Um, you know, we're really fortunate that we were at the height of our success at the same time as the record industry was kind of at the height of its success. You know, so we built a huge fan base and we sold a lot of records and that's afforded us the opportunity to explore a lot of different creative ways to get our music out there. Um, but it has, it has meant that we no longer uh, have a revenue stream from records anymore. So that has taken uh, a great deal of adaptation. And, and like I said, we're, we're lucky. We have a lot of fans. We can go out and play for them. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have had some great corporate work. And, and uh, you know, I wrote the theme song for the Big Bang Theory. So... All of those things keep propelling us forward, but uh, record sales are, are simply not a factor, uh, all but for a, a precious few number of artists these days. Okay, uh, I'm glad you brought up the Big Bang Theory. Do you get royalties on that? Like, do you get paid every episode, or is it one of those deals where you got to check once? How does that work? They're all structured differently. Uh, every TV show, every movie, every uh, you know, every placement of a song, whether it's in a commercial, uh, all those deals get structured totally differently. Um, I was really lucky with with Big Bang Theory, and that I was asked to write this theme song, um, and it was kind of a you know, the show was just a uh, pilot project at the time. There was no guarantee that the show was going to go ahead. Uh, and so I, I retained the songwriter's share of the publishing for that show. So that has been a great thing for me. Now, a large part of your band's history features contributions from Stephen Page, obviously. And as we all know, you're no, you're no longer together. Some of your most recognizable tunes feature Stephen on lead vocals. Now, obviously, you can't skip out on all of them in your live show. How do you adapt 
a song that you've been playing live for 10 or 15 or 20 years? Well, for the most part, it was pretty natural, actually, because uh, most of those songs were co-writes between Stephen and I. So they were, they were my songs, too, you know, and, and I've grown up singing them. Um, and I've sung them for 20 years. And when I wasn't singing a harmony part on stage with a song, I was singing the lead, singing the song around a campfire or dropping into a, a kid's school or whatever. So, it, you know, it was a daunting transition, but it actually happened quite naturally. So now I want to talk about your latest record, Silver Ball. At this point in your career, how does a Bare Naked Ladies record come together? Does everybody bring songs into the studio? Do you, do you write everything? Do you just kind of get together and jam it out? What is the process there? Uh, well, you know what? It, it, we've done all different kinds of ways of uh, approaching a record. For the most part, I kind of hibernate before we make a record, and I try to come up with songs. Uh, what we've sort of established as a way to work um, the last number of years is that I I write pretty skeletal songs i'll i'll send the guys um you know a melody and a guitar part and maybe some very basic harmony ideas but the guys really want and are great at adding their own voice uh to the songs whether it's jim developing the bass part for the song or kev coming up with um interesting keyboard or guitar parts or little hook things to accompany the song um, there's a huge amount of trust um, in the band. And so I will give this very simple, very delicate thing to the guys. And I know that, uh, you know, they know that I'm, I'm giving them my baby, you know. And uh, everybody kind of just comes to the table and, and develops the song together. So we usually hit the studio with songs. Um, but the, the, the recording can go in any number of directions. I'm often, uh, really blown away and surprised by the direction a song ends up going and something that I see as a, a ballad ends up being a, a quirky kind of power rock number. And that's, what's exciting about working with a band. It's not just one voice. You get the input of all the other players. Now for anybody who hasn't seen the cover of the artwork or dare I say, hasn't bought the record yet. Between the title, Silver Ball, and the artwork, there's a pinball theme. Would it be safe to say that you're doing this because, from what I understand at least, you're kind of a pinball guy? I'm a full-on pinhead. A full-on pinball nerd. I uh, I collect pinball machines. I, I mod and, and, and repair my own machines at home. Um... It is uh, a hobby that once you get into it, it's fairly all-consuming. It's uh, a friend of mine said recently that pinballs are it's muscle cars for nerds, and that's exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm deep into it. You're listening to the album drop on CHUO 89.1 FM. Maybe I can make you smile again 
ladies with Say What You Want, and it's here on the album Drop CHUO 89.1 FM. We're going to take our only break of the hour, but stay tuned. More with Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies on the other side, plus a very news-heavy edition of the Music Meltdown. It's a very short break, so don't touch that dial. Your home for new music will be right back. Why not use this opportunity to visit thealbumdrop.ca? The girl works at the store, sweet Jane St. Clair. And now back to the album drop on CHUO 89.1 FM. And we're live here on CHUO 89.1 FM. Good afternoon. Now, in case you missed it, we're in conversation with Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies. I had always heard the verses on one week were freestyled. Is that true? It is true. Um, that. I had had the chorus kicking around and um, I'd show the chorus to Steve a bunch of times and I said, I want the verses to be this sort of fast-paced, rappy thing, but every time I try to write it, it's crappy. And and Steve said, well, just freestyle it. Like like you do on stage every single night, you freestyle and it's awesome. Just do that. And uh, so I set up uh, a little camcorder in my basement. I didn't even have a home studio. I just used to record myself on a little... Uh, handheld recorder and I would set it up so I could see the uh, cording hand on the guitar uh, okay. so I'd know what chords I was playing and I played the song and and literally improvised the verses and I, I improvised about five verses to the song and then I culled my favorite lines from the whole improv and built the song but essentially the two and a half minute song one week was written in two and a half minutes. <laughs> and and it went to number one. Maybe I should write like that more often. <laughs> That's amazing. Have, have you ever considered like um, doing something in the hip-hop realm? Maybe, I don't know, not necessarily a, like a hip-hop record, but like a collaboration or something? Is that something that you'd be interested in because you're like you're obviously a fan. Yeah, I mean I've I've been a big fan of hip hop since the you know late 80s. I've I've followed it all along and uh it's a it's music that I really like. I I haven't really done any collaboration with hip hop artists, but I would in a heartbeat. Um you know, but it, we were lucky in you know as Bare Naked Ladies were coming up, we got to play shows with like some of the most amazing hip-hop artists of the day you know we were playing the american university campus scene in the mid-90s with tribe called quest and krs1 and you know so for me as a hip-hop fan it was like totally exciting so cool (laughs) i think it's safe to say that one week has been your biggest hit to date but it certainly wasn't your first hit. How good does it feel to work and 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 work a little bit more and then have that kind of success? Well, it's kind of uh, astonishing, actually. It's um, we were we were really fortunate because we were like the hugest band in Canada in the early nineties. We were the biggest band the country had ever seen. You know, we we did a. 72 date tour of Canada all sold out in advance and we that record went diamond in Canada you know it it was Which doesn't really happen it doesn't happen it certainly doesn't happen anymore uh it was unprecedented success for a band uh and we were lucky because 
in the wake of that, you know, things sort of diminished in Canada and we, we focused our energy on the U.S. And it was like we'd already been on the roller coaster. You know, we'd, we'd ridden to the, to the heights and we'd come out the other side. Uh, and when things started to really pick up in America, we knew what it felt like. Uh, although certainly success in America is on another level. It's another, you know, another scale altogether. But I feel like we were, we were prepared, uh, a little better mentally for what was about to happen. And we actually kind of had the foresight to sit down with each other and say, okay, this is happening again. Let's enjoy it. It was really, uh, a, an amazing time. And I imagine it would be a lot harder to deal with if it had happened back in 1992. Yeah. Well, but honestly, it's hard no matter what. I mean, even even when you think you have your head screwed on properly, when all of a sudden you're flying all over the world and you're at the Grammys and you're at all these awards shows and you're uh, at all these parties and you're, you know, everybody is looking after you all the time. It's uh, difficult for it to not throw you for a loop. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, people say, oh, don't ever change. Well, it's impossible not to change. The important thing is to try and, uh, bring your, bring the important value set of your life along with you. But, uh, it it would be a very odd person indeed that was not changed by that experience. For sure. So Saturday night, the show is here in town. It's at the NAC. You're playing with Alan Doyle from Great Big C. And it's the last night of the tour, so what's next for Ed Robertson and Bare Naked Ladies? Well, it's been uh, it's been a very busy uh, year plus. You know, we went straight from making the record into touring the record in America. We did about nine weeks in the U.S. Uh, with the Violent Femmes and Colin Hay, which was a total blast. Then we went over to the U.K. and did a month of touring there. And uh, Ottawa will uh, finish up five weeks of touring in Canada. Um, and then, uh, we've got a little bit of a break until the spring when we're going to start touring, uh, in America again. So we've got a lot of cities to hit still in America. Um, I've got some wicked plans for just after the tour ends. I'm actually, uh, heading down to the Galapagos islands and doing a, uh, dive trip down there. I'm a big scuba diver. So, uh, I'm uh, really excited to be going down there and diving with uh, hammerhead sharks and and whale sharks, and it's going to be spectacular. Now, finally, I have to ask you this question because I need to settle a long-standing bet between my my dad and I. Do you now, or have you ever at one point actually had or have a million dollars? Phil, I have it on me right now. That's just what I carry in case I want to, like, make an impulse pur- purchase of, like, a Cessna 208. No, I, you know, the, the, we have had a long and very successful career. And uh, we've been super fortunate. And uh, I've also had the uh, great honor and privilege to have married my high school sweetheart, who uh, is the daughter of a... Um, Scotiabank regional uh, branch uh, bank manager. So, uh, you know, being financially responsible was uh, bred into my family. Um, So we've done very well and we haven't been stupid about it. So, um, yes, 
is the answer to your question <laughs> in a roundabout way. See you, Dad. I told you. Uh, Ed Robertson, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, Phil. Nice to talk to you, man. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you a house. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, buy you furniture for your house, maybe a nice Chesterfield or an Ottoman. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a K car, a nice reliant automobile. And if I had a million dollars, I'd buy you. Just go up there and, and hang out. Like open the fridge and stuff. And there are always be foods laid out for us, with little pre-wrapped sausages and things. Mm. They have pre-wrapped sausages, but they don't have pre-wrapped bacon. Well, can you blame them? <laughs> oh, yeah. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy you a fur coat, but not a real fur coat. That's cruel. And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you an exotic pet Yep, like a llama or an emu And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you John Merrick's remains Ooh, all them crazy elephant bones And if I had a million dollars I'd buy you Crafted. Of course we would. We just eat more. And buy really expensive ketchups with it. That's right. All the fanciest ke- Dijon ketchup. Mm-hmm. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy you a green dress. But not a real green dress. That's cruel. And if I had a million dollars. If I well, I'd buy you some art A Picasso or a Garfunkel If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a monkey Haven't you always wanted a monkey? If I had a million dollars I'd buy you
I'd be rich. Likely one of the oldest songs I've ever played on this program, going back to 1992's Gordon. Bare Naked Ladies, If I Had a Million Dollars. It's on the album Drop CHU 89.1 FM. And I cannot say enough positive things about Ed Robertson. Such a cool guy, such an easy guy to talk to. We probably talked for like 10 or 15 minutes before we even turned the mics on. It was just... The guy, you know, the, he's lived quite a life. And if you want to hear his visceral explanation of that life through his art form, there are still individual tickets available for the show Saturday night at the National Arts Center with opening act Alan Doyle from him from Great Big C. So as far as CanCon rock and roll goes, should be a heck of a night. It's the album drop on CHUO 89.1 FM. Good afternoon. I'm Phil Shurikawa. With me, as always, is Colin. And let's take a look at what's going on in the world this week because it has been a crazy one. And we do it like this. The music world is always changing, and sometimes things slip through the cracks. The leader of one of rock's most gifted and promising bands, Nirvana, is dead, and this is the story as we know it so far. And the Grammy goes to the suburbs. Breaking news about the arrest of a popular Grammy-winning musician at his concert last night. The passing of George Harrison. The former Beatles. Prosecutors in Philadelphia have dropped their long-running fight to execute Mumia Abu-Jamal. From the pages of thealbumdrop.ca, this is the Music Meltdown. And this is the Music Meltdown for Tuesday, November 17th, 2015. And straight up, there's a lot of sad things that happened this week. So we're going to start with the least sad and progress down the list to the point where you're feeling miserable by the end of this. And we start with talking about the streaming music service wars of 2015. They've claimed their first victim, and it's RDO. The service found in 2010 by Skype co-founders Janus Fries and Nicholas Zenestrom has filed for bankruptcies. Their assets have been picked up by Pandora for what is reported to be 75 million U.S. dollars, which will get the popular music curation site into the streaming game. Now, let's go back to March of 2014. You remember at South by Southwest, there was a, a, a big car accident uh, and a couple people died. Rashad Owens was the name of the guy who was driving the car um, into a crowd of people waiting to get in to see Tyler, the creator. And last week, he was convicted of murder and, as awaiting sentencing, may very well face life in prison. Now, uh, October 30th, um, you know, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I guess, a Ro- uh, Romanian band Goodbye to Gravity, of course, were playing their album release show, and um, there was a pyrotechnical issue, set the club on fire, killing dozens of people, injuring hundreds. Uh, the band has now lost four of the five members, of course, instantly uh, guitar players Vlad Talea and Mihai Ender, Alexandru um, were part of the people that died that day. Uh, subsequently, bassist Alex Pashko and drummer Bogdan Inace have since died under medical supervision. Uh, singer Andre Galut uh, is still in hospital in the Netherlands, um, and his status is up in the air. Now, in the days that followed, thousands of protesters took to the streets of Bucharest to demand the resignation of Romanian Prime Minister Victor Ponta, and they got it. He's out of there, as well as the mayor of Bucharest. Quit. Gone made a run for it. The owners of the collective nightclub where this uh, incident happened have been arrested and are charged with manslaughter. In a strangely related story, great white frontman Jack Russell is making a documentary about the venue fire that affected his band and left 100 people, including great white guitarist Ty Longley, dead. Here's a crazy idea. How about no fireworks inside? Ever. And of course, 
Assuming you haven't been living under a rock, there was a little bit of an incident in France this past weekend. Basically, to recap, a series of coordinated terror attacks were perpetrated Friday night in Paris by individuals, the responsibility of which has since been claimed by the Islamic State. Now, obviously you can't measure the gravity of these incidents as opposed to which one was, you know, most. I mean, there was a guy who tried to get into a soccer stadium with a bomb strapped on him. There was like 70,000 people there. Um, as far as music is concerned, um, it, it would have had to have been um, the, 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 the guys that went into a nightclub in Paris where Eagles of Death Metal were playing, held the crown hostage, and started opening fire with automatic weapons, killing what is believed to be 89 people, including a French music journalist who was uh, well-regarded in the industry and an executive from the Universal Music Group, as well as... A gentleman who was uh, working uh, the the merch desk for the Eagles of Death Metal and subsequently had uh, spent a long career as a merch salesman. Nick Alexander is his name, and he's uh, one of the people that that died that evening. Now I don't. I'm not going to talk about the politics of this whole thing, and I'm not going to talk about you know what needs to happen moving forward because we can save that for anywhere else and if you really want to talk about it with me phil at the album drop.ca is where you can write to and i'd be happy to write back to you about how i feel about it but that's not what this is about the, 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 let's just you know t- take a moment here to recognize the fact that it was a friday night in paris and people were out at bars and nightclubs and uh, soccer games and rock concerts trying to have a good time and then this happened and it was awful so let's do, uh, go to something that's not awful. Zipper Down, the new record from Eagles of Death Metal. We'll start with the lead single, Complexity is what it's called. Uh, appropriately named, I would say. And it's on the album, Drop CHU 89.1 FM. Simple little 
to the album drop. You're listening to the album drop. You're listening to the album drop only on CHUO 89.1 FM. It's a fly. 
That's two in a row from the Eagles Death Metals on the album drop, CHUO 89.1 FM. That one, Save a Prayer, is a Duran Duran cover, and there's a big movement online to get that song to the uh, top of the charts this week. So uh, go listen to it on YouTube or Spotify or buy the track off iTunes or something and uh, see if we can make that happen. Seems to be a, uh, a symbiotic uh, message of how people are feeling. Uh, a couple of notes to wrap up uh, that uh, that uh, that story of uh, what happened in Paris on Friday. It's you know there's uh, whether you know whether you think it's it, it's more less or equally as tragic as any other terrorist attack that's happened in recent years or ever. The fact of the matter is it happened and it, it got the world talking about a major problem that we're facing in the world, and that's something uh, at least to be acknowledged. And it sounds like that's about all the time we have this week. So thank you so much for listening to the program. This has been the album drop. I'm Phil Shurikawa, and I'll leave you with one more from Eagles of Death Metal. It's called I Love You All the Time. We'll be back in seven days with more. Talk to you then. I love you all the time.
Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a beautiful time. Smell you later. I'll be back. For more information, check out thealbumdrop.ca. This whole thing has gone on long enough. When will this insanity end? Can I finish? Please, can I finish? We'll be back next week on CHUO 89.1 FM. Okay, I'm finished.